the Colby Daniels podcast, joined by Will Brewer as we get ready for another UFC fight night. Will, this headliner is one that I've been excited about for months, one that I was really disappointed had to be postponed, but uh, I cannot wait for Sanhagen Dillashaw. Uh, This entire card, to be honest with you, is outstanding. We're going to rewind and review last Saturday night's card as well, but uh, what is happening, my friend? Man, uh, it's been a crazy week. Um, It's one of those weeks for me where uh, I'm really looking forward to Saturday more than usual. Not only because it's fight day, but for me, um, I'm a real disciplined guy. And on Saturday, it's cheat day. So I'm very, very excited to get into my cheat meals. But (laughs) on top of that, it's fight day. And there's no other uh, better fight main event that you can have on a fight night than Corey Sandhagen and TJ Dillashaw. It is going to be a, a crazy fight. So, so many questions with both of these guys and to make it uh, even better, it's a number one contender fight. Um, yeah. Whoever wins this fight is very, very deserving of a title shot. And like I said, there's no other better main event on a fight night that you can ask for. Uh, these guys are at the top of, uh, of um, their division. What are you going to cheat with, by the way? Um, because Bro. if I can make a recommendation, the cream cheese re- stuffed jalapenos wrapped in bacon with the, uh, I forget what kind of jam it was, but uh, holy cow. I sent you the uh, the picture of them last week. Yeah, and I, I was salivating over them, man, because when, when I had them, when I had them the other day, I, I mean, I never had them before, but when you told me that you had them there, I was like, I'll try, I'll try yeah. a couple of those. Yeah. And it was probably the best decision I've made in the last five years. I mean, because yeah. it was, those things were incredible. <laughs> and I mean, I only asked for like, I only asked for two, but I, you know, I wanted to be like, can I get some more? And then I didn't want you to be like, well, how many do you want? Well, do you have like 13, 14? Bro, I had, I had <laughs> a, a pan full of them. You could have had 20 and you would have been fine. Well, you know, I didn't want to, you know, over Okay. Okay. I understand. Next time, next time you'll be a little bit more comfortable and uh, you'll speak up. Uh, But look, those were baked in the oven. Those were just stuffed with cream cheese and wrapped in bacon and just baked in the oven. The ones that we did last week were stuffed with cream cheese, wrapped in bacon, and then put in the air fryer. So first of all, the bacon way better in the air fryer than just being baked. But secondly, we added the jam element to them, which uh, was a whole nother dynamic. So, yeah. You're doing things right over there, man. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty, I was pretty jealous that she was having those. But, you know, as far as the cheat meals that I'm thinking about, you know, it's been a minute. So, I, you know, I'm a real big pancake guy, pizza. Okay. You know, uh, people have like Chick-fil-A around me and just a smell, Wingstop. You just know, get that 50-piece that Chick-fil-A meal. Yeah, and then and then that right, Giannis over here ordering fifty. Yeah. Uh, I, I I wonder if I could just pull up the Chick Fil A and just be like, can I get the Giannis special? <laughs> I love it. Yeah, good stuff. Um, okay, so I, I I feel like it's safe to say top ten, but I maybe top five. I would have to I'd have to really go back and look, but I can safely say this main event is one of the top ten fights I've looked forward to this year. Maybe top five. I love the idea of TJ Dillashaw coming back, former champion, coming back from this two-year absence and facing a guy that right now, uh, if if you ask me to put my money on anybody in the bantamweight division, although he is uh, kind of in line, uh, I'm putting my money on Corey Sanhagen. I think right now he's the best 
bantamweight in the world. Uh, I, I love this fight. I cannot wait to see this fight on Saturday night. Yeah, Corey Sanhagen, uh, he's right at the top. I mean, if it wasn't for a guy like TJ Dillashaw and if it wasn't for the whole debacle with uh, the guys at the top with uh, Peter Yan and Aljamain Sterling, uh, we'd be talking about Corey Sanhagen in a title shot right now. But um, for, for, you know, for now, he needed, he needed to take another fight. You know, we don't know when uh, Jan and Sterling are going to get back in there. So it's you take another fight, and there's no better opponent than a guy like TJ Dillashaw who was the former champion, who never lost it, who got suspended, who kind of beat himself, right? So um, there's no other path to take for Corey Sanhagen than taking a guy like TJ Dillashaw, who was the former champion, uh, who's got a lot to prove. And if you beat a guy like TJ Dillashaw, there's no there's no other way for you to go than uh, the title shot. So um, if I'm Corey Sanhagen, I'm just looking at it as another title fight, man. I'm looking at it as uh, this is just an, uh, the route for me to get to the title. Yeah, and he's the best of the best right now. And if I'm TJ, there's no other tougher matchup than a guy like Corey Sanhagen. I mean, goodness, for you to take a two-year uh, suspension and then come back to to Corey Sanhagen, I mean, for you to want to prove yourself, there's no other guy, uh, better guy to do it against than Sanhagen. If you had to put your money on a bantamweight to be the champion one year from today, and this is also assuming that uh, Jan Aljo is going to happen sometime in the next few months and not extend into, you know, I mean, if we're talking about them not fighting for six or seven or eight months, uh, then obviously what I'm about to say doesn't make sense. But assuming they fight relatively soon-ish, um, if you had to put your money on one bantamweight to be the champion one year from now, who's it going to be on? It's, it's crazy. It's tough, right? Because styles make fights and all these different matchups that – potential matchups they're so different right yeah um but i think if i had to put my money on one guy at this point um uh, it's tough man but i kind of i'm leaning a little towards peter yan to be uh, quite real with you um and that's kind of i'm not 100 sure on that but i'm leaning a little bit towards peter yan i mean i i think he showed me a lot against azurman sterling but i think the second fight will really show us who's the best of the best out of those two yeah and uh i think uh, Peter Yan, just his mentality, just his style, man. I think it's tough for uh, any of those guys at the uh, in the division. I, I I would lay my money on on Corey Sanhagen, and that's obviously with the understanding that if he doesn't win on Saturday night, he's not getting a title shot. Uh, whereas right. you know, I think the smarter money probably goes to either one of the guys that's going to be fighting for the title when that actually happens. But um, my point is, I, I think that just speaks to how much confidence I have in the fighter that Corey Sanhagen is. And look, if he gets Aljo, I, I get that uh, he was submitted really early in that last matchup. But uh, to see him bounce back the way that he did, um, to look at all the different weapons he has, um, I man, I just I really like this guy. I love his mentality. Um, I, I think he is a future champion in this division, and I think the time is getting really, really close. It's crazy because when you when you look at Corey Sanhagen and you see him in interviews. You don't really think like this guy is a real killer in there. Like this guy <laughs> is is really knocking people out because he's so calm, yeah, uh, very well mannered, very well spoken. Uh, but really, when he, this guy gets into the octagon, he's very creative on the feet. Uh, he's got a lot of weapons. Uh, he's he's a tough puzzle for anybody to figure out. I mean, sure, Aljo went at him uh, and took him down early and, and finished him and everything. But since then, he's gotten so much better. He's gotten. Uh, He's coming out early and wanting to uh, end fights early. So 
Um, I think that fight only helped him out uh, here in the long run. And finding a guy like TJ who's got so many different uh, weapons, you know, I think he'll want to come out and try to end this one early. I mean, who yeah. knows? But uh, I think Corey Sanhagen uh, is as tough a puzzle as anyone in the division. For sure. We will uh, we will discuss this matchup when we uh, make our picks for this fight card. By the way, extremely disappointed, Will Brewer, that our prelims begin, uh, what, 2, 3 o'clock Oklahoma time on Saturday? Yeah, yeah. Main, main card starts at uh, 6 o'clock Oklahoma time. Um, I, I like the late night cards, man. I, I'm just... I don't like uh, watching the UFC, first of all, when the sun is up. <laughs> Second of all, there is a void for me when a UFC card ends at like 9 o'clock and I still have like four or five hours before I'm going to be asleep. And I'm like, what the hell am I going to do now? Yeah, I mean, it was great when the playoffs were on because you the fight would end and then maybe you would have, like, um, the second half of a big uh, playoff game. But now we're kind of stuck, right? There's right. just, like, really nothing going on. We're kind of in a dead period with no other sports. Right, what are we MMA doing here? Come of, on, people. Yeah, now it's just like, damn, what do we do? <laughs> yeah, so at, like, 10 o'clock on Saturday night, the fights are going to be over and I'm just going to be, like, twiddling my thumbs on a high from what from from what I just watched looking for some sort of suitable replacement to divert my energy and, uh, yeah. I'm Can I make a recommendation? Yeah, go for it. Space Jam 2. Okay, we're moving on. <laughs> okay, so you, my son has the original Space Jam DVD, and he's watched it probably 100 times. He's four years old. And he, like, because of that movie, he loves Michael Jordan. And right. when I when I ask him anytime, I'm like, who's the best basketball player in the world? He says Michael Jordan. The guy he's never seen Michael Jordan play. Obviously, he's four Smart years kid. old. But that's the the standard that Space Jam set. He saw the trailer for the new Space Jam, <laughs> and he was so confused. And I'm not kidding you. He looked at me and was like, "Daddy, where's Michael Jordan?" <laughs> like, I, I don't know, man. They uh, they're they're doing their best to find a replacement, but I get it. Yeah, I get and, the disappointment. You know, you, you can tell just by the the title, Space Jam: A New Legacy. Like they're not saying the Space Jam Two; yeah. they're completely going away from the yeah. original plot and everything. So yeah. I haven't uh, personally watched it yet. Um, I'll make I've made plans to just because everyone in the world's making such a big deal out of it, and I'm pretty proud of myself because I literally stopped a Michael Jordan, LeBron James, better actor debate at work. So I, I had a lot of good things Thank to God. say about LeBron. Thank God. A topic <laughs> that does not need to be argued about. Bro, when, I, when they were arguing about who's the better actor, I was like, come on now. Like, are we really doing this? Like, okay, basketball is one thing. I, I'll let you debate that, but come on now. We're not going to debate about who's the better actor. Come on now. What was the movie that uh, Bisbing and Max Holloway were in? Do you remember? Oh, man. I, I forgot what it's called, but I know what movie you're talking about. I mean, that would be like us having the argument about, like, come on. <laughs> it just Some things just don't need to be argued. So, uh, anyway, let's move on. Let's move on. <laughs> Rewinding to last Saturday night, Will, um, I, I went against the grain with you on three picks. All three picks, I felt like I was choosing the opposite side of what I wanted to take, but I wanted to close the, the distance on this scoreboard, <laughs> and uh, it backfired in a tremendous way. Uh, I lost all three of those. Um, I felt like 
maybe I would get lucky and get two of the three, but uh, yeah, it backfired across the board. Uh, so your lead goes from five to eight points. So uh, once again, you've extended to a pretty comfortable range uh, as we review last Saturday night's fight card. And we have to start with the main event because uh, a guy that uh, we both believe is a future lightweight champion in the UFC, Islam Mahashev, once again, with an incredible performance. And I want to go back to the performance against Drew Dober. We had the conversation following that win uh, about Islam and the future and what a problem he was. Can Do you remember the question that we posed several months ago following that win? Was it uh, the one where we asked... Um, would there be any lightweight that would be that wouldn't that would be favored over Islam Mahashev? It was somewhere along the lines of that. That's correct. That is that is the question that we asked and debated uh, months ago after the Drew Dober matchup, and uh, I heard that question being thrown out on Saturday night following the win over Tiago Moises. Either um, we're getting listened to by a lot of the national media, or people are just late to the party, right? Because right. Um, we know we've known like this is Khabib's protege. Like he's got a lot of traits from from Khabib, and you know his fighting style, his striking. Uh, he mauls people, and his striking is up to par with a lot of these guys. And he just seems like he really breaks people, man. Like Islam, he's he's so talented in such an early stage of his career. It's no wonder that nobody wants to fight him. And you know. When when you fight, when you look at a guy like Islam and you're a guy who's coming up and wants a title shot and who's kind of close in the rankings, you don't want to fight a guy like Islam because it stops there. Like, your whole run, it stops right there. Yeah, uh, this this guy is... Uh, he, he, he is a problem in this, uh, in this division. And, you know, I think the conversation we had last time was... Uh, it's not a matter of if, it's a, it's a matter of when. When is the right matchup going to come for him that you know gets him to the to the finish line? Because he's going to get there. Uh, I, I just I, I think this is the best division in the sport, and I also think there are a lot of really well-rounded fighters in this division. But at the same time, I just don't see anybody uh, right now that prevents him from doing what he wants to do and dominating people on the ground. And once he gets you there, I, I mean. He is a massive problem. Yeah, he's his his pressure. It makes you not even want to uh, open yourself up, right? Uh, the thing that I really noticed when he's been fighting Drew Dober and Tiago Moises, like these guys are knockout artists. We've seen both of those guys knock people out and uh, have really exciting fights. But when you fight a guy like Islam, you know that the shot's coming, and you're so aware of it that you kind of um, it seems like you kind of you're kind of in a shell that you don't want to overexert yourself when it comes to striking. And then Islam is kind of having his way when it comes to striking. And when you want to defend yourself from these strikes, then he's smart enough to, to change from a striking to go right into grappling to start uh, mauling you and stuff. And then uh, you start to see it on people's faces. Like I, I saw an opponent of the fight, I, I believe it was in the third round, Chaga Moises just kind of looked defeated. He, he looked frustrated. It just kind of seemed like his will was broken. And that's the same type of stuff that you would see Khabib do to people. Yeah. And when I saw that from, from Moises, um, I, I knew, like, Islam is either going to finish this fight or um, he's just going to completely dominate his way through. Because there was a few a few moments in the fight where Moises had some success. But, but um, when 
Islam just kept having his way and kept taking him to the ground and stuff. You could just tell, like, um, Moises, like, he was giving it his best, but it just wasn't enough. It went to round four, which surprised me on its own because I thought this was a round two or round three finish for Islam going in. And again, I, I have a ton of respect for Tiago Moises going into this fight. I, I, I like the guy a lot. I, I would say I'm probably even more impressed with him following this fight for him to extend the fight for as long as he did and for him to look as good in moments as he did in this fight. Again, because of just how high I think of, of Islam Mahashev. Uh, but, uh, yeah, to, for it to go four rounds, you're right. Moises had some nice moments in this thing. Um, at times he showed some, some really well-rounded skills, uh, but good night. This guy is just a, uh, he's on a rampage, man. And, uh, this division that I love so much, um, I, I, I can't wait to see what's next for him. What, what do you want to see next for Islam Mahashev? Now there, there's. There was one fight that I really just thought it makes perfect sense. I, um, Islam and RDA. I think that fight makes a ton of sense at this point. RDA is kind of looking for a, a, a big fight, and I think Islam has uh, worked his way into a position where he can have that fight. I think RDA and Islam right now is the perfect fight to make. Um, I don't know if RDA wants that fight. I, I think RDA holds himself to a standard to where he wants a guy who's going to who's right ahead of him who's going to give him a title shot after this. But at the same time, Islam is uh, potential-wise, he's right up there. So I don't know what his ranking is at this point, but I think uh, right now um, there's no better fight for RDA than Islam. But um, I heard um, throughout the week, I don't know who threw this out there. You might have even told me this. Uh, I'm not sure. But I heard that uh, there was something uh, thrown out of Islam and Benil Dariush. Now, when I thought of that fight, I was like, ooh, that fight I really would love to see yeah. because I really feel like Dariush might be one of the guys who could force um, who could force Islam to fight a different style of fight. Yeah. Uh, make him, uh, you know, he's used to mauling people, but I feel like Benil with his jujitsu and with uh, how well-rounded he is, I feel like Islam might not be able to have his way with a guy like Dariush. I might be completely wrong. Uh, I think he's. Or, uh, I think you're onto something there because I, I think for me he would be the toughest matchup. Right. Uh, I think out of out of everybody. I mean, yeah. I I think the toughest matchup. I think probably is Poirier because he. I think he's the best. But well, yeah, but Oliver and Poirier are about to fight for the belt. So. Right. But outside of him, I think um, Benil Darius, yeah. uh, when it comes to these contenders, he's so well-rounded that um, it would be dangerous for Islam to to just take this fight to the ground and, and be on the ground with a guy like Darius, who has so many different ways to, to finish you on the ground. So, um, And then when it comes to on the feet, we know the type of wars that Benil has been in. Uh, he's so well-rounded. So I would love to see that fight. Um, if, if Islam uh, is willing to take that fight, I'm sure he is. I mean, I think at this point, he just wants to take anybody who's ranked sure. ahead of him. But um, I would love to see uh, RDA in Islam or Darius in Islam. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, again, I, I think that uh, Darius would be the best matchup for Islam of the guys in this division right now. I would love to see Michael Chandler and Mahashev. I mean, if I'm if if it's me and I'm playing UFC matchmaker as far as what makes sense and, and where to go from here... Um, 
Chandler just had his opportunity at the belt. He's an established star. Obviously, he there's there's a lot of fanfare with his name on that marquee. And I think when you look at his overall skill set, uh, to me, that would be a tremendous matchup. Uh, and, and it also sets up the winner either way to be in a great position to, to make another run. Um, I feel like, you know, Justin Gaethje, obviously, uh, would be ahead of Michael Chandler for me. Uh, on that list, uh, waiting for either a number one contender fight or something along those lines. Uh, but I, I love the idea of Chandler Mahashev. Yeah, um, in terms of name value and then the style that Chandler brings, uh, there's probably no better matchup. I mean, we talk about Darius and how good of a matchup that would be. But when you talk about the top three um, lightweights in the world, Michael Chandler's definitely in that discussion. Yeah, and and just his name value and uh, the type of fight that he'll bring, uh, it's, it's fireworks all the time. And selfishly as a fan, I mean, while Chandler and Islam would be great, I, I really, really want to see Michael Chandler and Justin Gaethje. I mean, I kind of left Chandler out of that because I really want to yeah. see Gaethje and Michael Chandler. I think us as fans will be robbed if we never got to see Michael Chandler and Justin Gaethje fight in the, in the octagon. I really want to see that, but... But I'm with you. Chandler and Islam will be great as well. It, it's so funny to me because anytime we talk about the UFC and matchmaking, I think there are there, there's kind of two lanes you can go down. Number one is like just strictly the match itself, and what do you you know who do you want to see meet against each other, and what's going to make for a great fight. And if you want to go from that perspective, the best fight you can make is Gaethje Chandler. I, I outside of obviously the two guys that are going to fight for the belt. So. Uh, I'm with you 100% there. If you start talking about the integrity of the 155 division and the belt and kind of the natural order of things, then for me, I think it's Gaethje and Darius fighting for the chance to meet the winner of Poirier and Oliveira. And then obviously Michael Chandler and uh, Mahashev would be the next fight that happens to, to kind of produce somebody else that's in line to, to wait for that, that next chance. Yeah, that. I mean, now that you put it that way, that makes uh, I'm, that makes a lot of sense. But you know, the fan in me, yeah, yeah, <laughs> the fan in me is is begging to see Michael Chandler and Justin Gaethje. But I'm with you uh, in terms of like the pecking order, if you will. Um, you have Gaethje and you have Darius fight, and the winner of that is next in line for the title shot. And then you have Islam and Chandler fight uh, to see who's kind of that next guy in line. But you know. The lightweight division, at any point, any of these guys, like, we saw Michael Chandler and Charles Oliveira fight for a vacant title. I mean, I feel like anything could happen with this division. Uh, you never know. Uh, just any of these guys in the top five, six could be world champions, and it's crazy to even say that, but this division is so loaded that I could see any of these guys fight for the title. Yeah. Um, all right, we've got to get to some picks, but I do want to point out a couple of things on this fight card from Saturday night. First of all, Misha Tate looked fantastic after a long absence. Welcome back to the UFC, Misha Tate. Matus um, Gamrot, another 155-er that's just in that that shark pool of talented lightweights in the world, and good Lord, uh, the guys that are currently in line that are not even ranked in that division uh, continue to amaze me. And then uh, Amanda Limosh, um, watch out, uh, females, because uh, that was a really impressive performance from her. Man, this uh, the, the entire main card was filled with finishes. Uh, 
Billy Q looked fantastic. Uh, Vieta had a really uh, solid submission. Gamrot, like you said. And then uh, Daniel Rodriguez, uh, he took a, a, a late replacement opponent, but he definitely uh, looked incredible, uh, did his did his job, and got the guy out of there in the first round. And like you said, Amanda Lemos, like, oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah, strawweights need to watch out because she is coming, and she's bringing uh, knockout power to that division. Um, that division uh, is probably the, the most stacked in the women's UFC, and uh, it's just adding to it. And such a solid uh, card. Uh, uh, Misha Tate, like we said, looked great. Uh, Marion Renault, uh, props to her on, on a solid UFC career. And Misha Tate, uh, congratulations uh, on a rebirth uh, on the next chapter of her career. Uh, I'm excited to see what's next for her. Uh, but all in all, great night of fights. No doubt. All right, let's make some picks. We have UFC Fight Night Sanhagen versus Dillashaw on Saturday. Like I said, uh, 3 o'clock prelim start, 7 o'clock uh, or 6 o'clock, right? 6 o'clock uh, main card, at least uh, locally here. All right, our main card begins with Adrian Yanez, 13-3 and three overall against Randy Costa, 6-1 and one overall. Oddshark.com has Yanez as a minus 170 favorite. Costa plus 145. Will Brewer, 8-point lead on the scoreboard. You lead the way, my friend. Well, first of all, let me just say that the prelims are absolutely incredible. Uh, I will be definitely be tuned in uh, from the very first fight because there's a lot of big names on the prelims, and these prelims are stacked. But uh, in terms of this first fight, Randy Costa and Adrian Yanez, uh, the bantamweight division is loaded, um, the, probably the second or third uh, best division in the UFC. And a, a guy like Adrian Yanez is, isn't even ranked, but he is one of the more exciting bantamweights in the entire division. And Randy Costa, 6-1, and one, um, he's no slouch. You know, he's won two in a row. Uh, he's got knockout power as well. He knocked out his last opponent with the head kick. Uh, but, you know, Adrian Yanez, just how um, exciting that he is, I, I think it's really tough for me to pick against him. Uh, I think I'm going to go Adrian Yanez. Uh, Adrian Yanez for me as well. And, look, I would say that uh, on a on a fight card that is full of potential fight-of-the-night matchups, I mean, this is right there at the top for me. Like, I mean, obviously, Sanhagen Dillashaw is number one. Uh, but, I mean, after that, I think there are, there are four different fights you could make the argument for uh, as far as the second most anticipated fight that I would want to see. And this is this is one of those. Um, I, am, I, I, I love what we've seen from Adrian Yanez. I feel like uh, maybe he's just a little bit... Uh, a little bit further down the line at this point in his career than Costa is, but uh, this should be an amazing fight. So I will go Yanez as well. By the way, I already wrote down in ink my picks for this main card because last week I uh, I, I knew what I wanted to do, but again, I, I picked against what I thought was going to happen three times, just hoping I would uh, close this gap and it went completely against me. So I've got to uh, just get back on the winning side of things this week. So uh, <laughs> So yeah. there's no chance of me uh, baiting you out of a selection. No, not 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 a single one. <laughs> All right, so, well, maybe one, maybe one. Um, there's one that I'll consider. All right, our, uh, our next fight on the main card is uh, female flyweights. We have Macy Barber, 8-2 overall against Miranda Maverick, 9-2 overall. Oddshark.com has Miranda Maverick as a minus 170 favorite, plus 145 for Macy Barber. Now, uh, 
I think that this is a fight where we're seeing someone who is ascending and against someone who was ascending, who's kind of coming back down, and now we're kind of leveling off. And we're trying to see um, if one is going to still be on the ascending way and if, if the other one is still going to be on the downward slope. I think Miranda, Miranda Maverick is terrific. Uh, everything that she brings to the table. Uh, Macy Barber, she had a lot of expectations because she wanted to be the youngest uh, UFC champion. And uh, she tore her ACL. And uh, she hasn't kind of been right ever since. So um, I'm going Miranda Maverick here, I think, in a, in a matchup with, of uh, prospect and prospect. I think Miranda Maverick just has uh, more ways to win. She's got uh, more control. Uh, over where this fight could take place. Uh, I think Macy Barber is great, but I think uh, Miranda Maverick, she's just got it. I'm going with Miranda. This is a great matchup, and as soon as I heard this matchup announced, I was excited to watch this fight. Uh, I kind of feel like Miranda Maverick has has replaced, like, Macy Barber as that, that, like— phenom coming into this division and somebody right. to really watch out for. Not that Macy Barber's not that anymore, uh, but I think there's probably just a little bit more hype behind Miranda Maverick right now than there is Macy Barber. And again, you're also talking about somebody that uh, you know comes off that injury uh, one fight back. I, I think that there's still a lot there. Um, this is the one fight that I am willing to go opposite you because I like this matchup so much. I was prepared to go Miranda Maverick, uh, knowing fully well that you're a giant Miranda Maverick fan also, but uh, I'm going to go Macy Barber here. I, I will take the other side of this for uh, for the sake of competition, and this is the only one that I'm anticipating we're going to be on the opposite side of. I, I'm kind of thinking we're probably uh, going to be lined up the rest of the way. So um, I'll, I'll gamble here a little bit on Macy Barber, who I, I do think is uh, ha- still has a bright future and is is nowhere close to done despite having dropped two in a row. So, Macy Barber for me. It were, you know, this whole thing with Macy Barber reminds me of uh, kind of uh, who is the uh, middleweight that who's just getting fed? Uh, what is his, What is that dude's name? Emmett Shabazian. How they uh, yeah, uh, kind yeah. of just threw him to the to the wolves kind of at an early age and we kind of write him off a little bit because he's losing to these really tough uh uh high level guys but still a tough customer and that's the same thing with macy barber but i think at this point uh she's still fighting in miranda maverick she's still fighting someone who's just a little bit better so that's why i'm taking a little bit better but maybe like the difference is i think we're also talking about you know fighting people with a lot of experience versus both of these uh, women being relatively young in their careers. Uh, not saying they're not experienced, but um, it, there's not really a big gap in terms of the experience from one to the other. Absolutely. Uh, so. Both of these fighters, they're, they're still uh, very, very young in the sport, so I, I'm definitely with, uh, with you there. All right, let's go to the featherweight division. We have Darren Elkins at 25-9 and nine against Derek Minner, 26-11 and 11 overall. Oddshark.com has this. Will both fighters minus one ten? So we have a push on this one, or a pick 'em. Sorry, not a push. Pick 'em. A push. <laughs> well, uh, you know, for the sake of competition, you know, I kind of didn't really know which way I was going to go with this one. Um, so whatever you have inked as your pick, I'm okay. going to go opposite you. All right, fair enough. Uh, I'm taking Derek Minner in in this fight. Um, I loved uh, his fight against Charles Rosa. Um, he really impressed me and, uh, yeah, I'm excited to see, uh, how he bounces, uh, 
how he parlays that win into uh, more success. So, Minner for me, Elkins for you. We're on the opposite side of two fights on this main card, which I did not anticipate. All right, our co-main event in the bantamweight division. Kyler Phillips, 9-1 overall against Ralian Paiva, 20-3 overall. Phillips is a minus 150 favorite, plus 130 for Paiva. Ooh, this one's tough. Um, like, you know, the bandway division, it's just so good. These are two of the, uh, of the names who are lesser known in that division, but two names who definitely need to be talked about more. Uh, Kyler Phillips is spectacular. Paeva as well. Uh, you can just tell by the records, 20-3 and three for Paeva, and Kyler Phillips only has one loss. But um, I definitely think Kyler Phillips, uh, this is going to be a fight where he really uh, announces himself to the entire world. Uh, I think um, my pick's going to go with uh, Kyler Phillips, and I think he's a name that people should, uh, should know and talk about more, and I think he'll make a statement on uh, Saturday. Kyler Phillips for, for me as well. Um, I can't imagine looking better than he did against Song Yudong in his last matchup. I, I think I think pretty much everybody just was wowed by what he did in the octagon. And and when you talk about the best divisions in this sport, uh, we both agree that 155 is number one. But I think we're both on the same side of things in in terms of 135 being the next best. And uh, for this guy to be right in the mix of the best fighters in that division is really impressive. And to back it up with a performance against Song Yudong, uh, the last time that he fought looking as sharp as he did in every way, uh, I'm again, I, a little bit like Derek Minner, I'm just excited to see how he you know parlays that success into being even better. So uh, Kyler Phillips for me as well, which brings us, Will, to our main event, once again, staying in the bantamweight division. This is a blockbuster, like I said at the top of the show. Probably a, a top 10 fight in 2021 for me as far as being excited about an individual matchup. Corey Sanhagen, 14-2 and two overall against TJ Dillashaw, 16-4 and four overall. Oddshark.com has Sanhagen as a minus 163 favorite. TJ Dillashaw, plus 120. Man, you know, I've been going back and forth with this one. Um, there's a lot uh, There's a lot of questions going into this fight uh, with TJ. Uh, we know what Corey brings to the table. We know how great he's looked in his last few fights um, since he lost to Aljo. But even before that, he was looking like uh, a guy who was on the way to a title shot. He lost to Aljo, but I think that just only helped him. I think uh, when, when or if he becomes champion... Uh, that was just a roadblock that really is going to help him. That really helped him uh, become the fighter that he is today. Um, since then, knockouts over Marlon Moraes and uh, Frankie Edgar, two guys who uh, are very tough to knock out. And then, and now you're coming uh, against T.J. Dillashaw. Uh, I, I went back and forth on this because when I thought when I think about the stand-up, uh, I give the advantage to Sanhagen uh, more so because of T.J.'s layoff. But TJ uh, is not only a striker, he can take this to the ground. So I do see a path for TJ to win. I think he has the style to um, take t uh, to take Corey down and control him or finish him on the ground. But I think that is the way for him to win. I think if this fight stays standing, it's Corey um, all day. Uh, I think his length, uh, his, the different looks that he could give TJ, 
uh, his footwork, you know, normally that's what TJ does to people with his footwork. He kind of confuses people, but I think it's not going to really work with uh, with Corey because he's so tall and because uh, he can manage distance well. So um, uh, while I do think TJ has a path to victory, I think this is a, a Corey Sanhagen win. Uh, I just think uh, there's too many questions going on with uh, his layoff and ring rust, you know. It's not like uh, Misha Tate when she's taking so much time off and she's coming back against the number 12 uh, person in the the world. Uh, T.J. Dillashaw's taking two years off, and he's fighting the number one contender. Uh, So, you know, when T.J. was champion, I think he was head and shoulders above everyone at 135 at that time. Uh, Cody Garbrandt, Dominic Cruz, all all those guys. I think he was just head and shoulders above everyone. Now he's taking two years off, and I think the sport... It hasn't passed him by, but I think there's guys now who just have uh, who are more well-rounded to what he's seen before. So um, I'm going Corey Sanhagen. I think the sport is just kind of evolved, and I think TJ is going to see that uh, on Saturday. Corey, for me as well, um, I think everything you said is accurate. Uh, the sport has evolved uh, in in the last two years. Uh, the division, I, I think, is is night and day more talented today than it was two years ago. Uh, Corey Sanhagen is 29 years old and just now, I think, entering the best years of his career. TJ Dillashaw hasn't been in the octagon in two years. He's 35 years old. Um, look, TJ Dillashaw looks fantastic. Uh looks better than I will ever look in my entire life. But I don't think he looks as as stacked as he did, uh, you know, the last time he was in the octagon. I'm sure you've seen the photos this week. I, like, his body does look different. Uh, I, you know, I don't know how much ultimately that, that will impact, you know, what we see from him from a fighting standpoint inside the octagon. But, um, you know, he was, he was suspended for a reason. Uh, I just, I can't imagine that you're able to take off two years in right now, what I think is the most talent rich era of the entire sport and come back and face the toughest guy in the division in, in your first match and, and be as good as you were when, when you were the champion. I, I, I just, I, if he's able to do it, then, you know, obviously I think he, he just proves what a champion he is. Uh, I, I just don't see it. I, I think Corey Sanhagen is is too tough a test to ask from anybody that's had a two-year layoff, much less somebody that's been active fighting Corey Sanhagen today. So, um, I, again, uh, this is coming from somebody that just thinks, you know, this is a the, the future champion at 135. So, Corey Sanhagen for me over TJ Dillashaw uh, on Saturday night. All right, um, we've got to wrap this up, but uh, you mentioned the prelims are just unbelievable. This entire card from start to finish is just full of exciting fighters of exciting matchups. Um, give me, uh, give me the, if you could only watch two fights on the prelims, give me the two that you would pick. Okay. Okay. I think that was that was uh, that was on 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 point. I really tried hard. But yeah, those two are really really exciting. You know, in Hines and Brandon, there's two names who are fighting some talented fighters, and Soriano and Bob are two rising stars in the middle. So both those are going to be exciting. But the entire entire is going to be great. So. 
he is Will Brewer. I am Colby Daniels. Will Brewer with an eight-point lead on the scoreboard. So uh, we are on the opposite side of two fights. And, uh, Will, the way things are going, you may you may have a double-digit lead this time next week. But uh, always fun, my friend. Can't wait for the fights on Saturday night. And we will catch up soon. Podcast is over.